Hi, I'm Ty Cooper, and this is NJEVA's eConversations. Today, we're celebrating Women's History Month, a time to honor the accomplishments of women throughout the world, and for us, a time to recognize the many achievements of women right here in the Garden State. We have an awesome panel of guests today, which includes First Lady Tammy Murphy, Secretary of State Tahisha Way, and Jersey Girl Cafe owner Kathleen Rana. I'd also like to point out that Secretary Way is a member of New Jersey's first female-dominated majority cabinet. Women's History Month is the perfect time to highlight and promote female entrepreneurs and women-owned businesses in the state. The impact they have on the state's economy and the many entities and initiatives that are supporting their growth. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention that it is women in the workforce that have been particularly affected by the economic impacts of COVID-19. Yet and nevertheless, she and we all have still persisted. I'm super excited to introduce the panel that we have today. I'm gonna to start out with the first lady. She is a boss, she's a mother, she's a change agent, and she has completely redefined the role of first lady. I am honored to introduce New Jersey's first lady, Tammy Murphy. If you wanna say a few words and then we'll go on to secretary Tahisha Way. Absolutely, Ty. Thank you. It is really an honor to be here together with you all and the panelists today. Um, you've set up a great group, and and uh, I would say, as First Lady of New Jersey, as um, as the mother of four children, and as a former woman in the financial services world, um, I feel like uh, this is a great conversation. Really happy to be here, and look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you so much, First Lady. And next we have the Honorable Secretary Tahisha Way. And I have to say this, um, the Secretary oversaw one of the most important elections of our lifetime, and she did it with grace, ease, and you made it look like it was seamless. So uh, Secretary Way, would you like to say a few words? Thank you, Ty, for that kind in the introduction and the EDA for having me. It's meaningful during this month and every month to engage in these conversations alongside dynamic and diverse women leaders like yourself, the First Lady, and Kathleen. Um, I'm Tahisha Way, and I've served as New Jersey's 34th Secretary of State since my appointment by Governor Murphy in 2018. Many people probably know, especially after this past historic election, that my responsibilities includes serving as our state's chief election official. But I think many don't realize that democracy and civic engagement are only part of our focus at Department of State. My department includes the Business Action Center, the Division of Travel and Tourism, the Council on the Arts, Cultural Commissions and more. And before I held this job, I served as a state administrative law judge and county government and adjunct professor and attorney in private practice. I'm also a proud mom to four wonderful daughters who motivate me every day to go out into the world and be an example for them. In sum, I'm so proud to be here again alongside this distinguished panel and so thankful to work for the great people of New Jersey, especially the millions of women and girls. That's right, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Secretary Way. And last but certainly not least is Kathleen Renna, who runs the Jersey Girl Cafe. And by the way, the name is my favorite name of any business ever. Um, I'm a proud Jersey girl, so I love this. Kathleen, do you wanna give a little bit of background on yourself? Thank you so much. Yes, we're all Jersey girls, right? There you um, go. So, uh, I, <laughs> Open Jersey Girl Cafe. This is our 10th anniversary. 
We opened in August 2011. Uh, it was the week between the earthquake and the hurricane. Wow. Uh, and uh, we, uh, I created the cafe to really serve women, uh, to have food that women enjoy. Portions are more the size that women like. Uh, our tastes, our, uh, the, the combinations, the flavors, are definitely uh, very female-friendly. And uh, we have a wonderful guest base, and my team is fantastic. And uh, we look forward to keep going strong in New Jersey as long as we possibly can. Well, that's awesome. And we are so lucky to have you part of this great state and part of the small business ecosystem. So the first question I'm going to throw out there really is for everybody. And I think it's important. Um, the first Women's History Month was celebrated nearly 40 years ago. 1982 was its official year. What is the significance of this month to you? And what does it mean to you as a powerful woman in the state or powerful women throughout the state? And that's open to anybody who wants to answer it. And my mom's a teacher, so if nobody volunteers, I will start pointing out. There you go. <laughs> I, gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, Thanks, so first lady, absolutely. So, so listen. Um, it, Women's History Month is is a, is is really special, not only because we are celebrating women, but because we have an entire month to do so. Um, and that is that is um, unprecedented. Um, you know, in the in the history of our of our world, to be honest with you. Um, I, I love it. I love the fact that I actually have a women majority office, just like my husband has a female majority cabinet. In fact, I have an entirely female office. Let's let, let me correct that. Bill has a female majority cabinet. Um, and, you know, I think that, that it's, it's really it's been a great um, it's been great so far because we have been highlighting so many incredible women who came before us and upon whose shoulders we all sit. But I will tell you, um, it, it's also a good time to recalibrate. It's a good time for us to stop and, and assess where we are, how we got to this point, and where we're going. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's been a um, it's just it, it means a lot to me because it's been a moment not only to like I say look at some of the incredible women here in New Jersey, especially um, who have, who have done so very much, including the people on this call. I would say, um, but there are many who who've been you know, centuries before us who've done incredible things here in New Jersey, and um, I, I have great faith and and I'm watching those who are Tahisha's daughters and my daughter and all of those in the generations to come. So thank you for, uh, thank you for hosting this. I love that. Secretary, you want to answer that question too? Yes. I just start off in just echoing the sentiments of the first lady. Women's History Month is a time to move forward. It's everything in meaning to me as a woman. It's about reflecting on the first all of the glass ceilings that have been shattered. And, uh, you know, we were speaking about elections and regardless of what political spectrum you may be on, just to have the first female vice president in these United States means much to our girls. I look at uh, Women's History Month also as acknowledging all of the contributions the basic rights that um, are fought for, the struggles that are often diminished or overlooked. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a time for all of us to expand our understanding of the recorded history that we have so that we can make our nation, make this world globally more inclusive. But I do want to also note that similar to Black History Month, which we should all recognize and realize the contributions of Black 
people do not stop in the month of February. The contributions of women should not be just uh, a March event. It should be explored every day because it is so uh, welcoming and significant that women's history is our shared history. Amen. I love that. That's a great response. And Kathleen, do you want to do you want to follow up with anything? You don't have to. I can just go right into the direct questions. Up to you. The one thing that, that I wanted to mention is, you know, like, this is a great thing for um, especially young girls and young women who are looking to their future, they're, you know, going into college or starting their careers. And it's a good way to remind them of all the great things that women accomplish. Um, but it's also a great thing for middle-aged women, too, to remind us that we mm-hmm. are really awesome. And we can do really incredible things when we follow our passion and our dreams. That's absolutely right. A hundred percent. I'm going to go into some of the more targeted questions um, for First Lady. You've been at, you've been front and center in this administration's efforts to stand up opportunities for women, particularly for small business owners. I know you were instrumental in the launch of New Jersey's chapter of the Golden Seeds, which has been phenomenally good. So thank you for that. Um, to increase opportunities for female entrepreneurs to gain access to investments and have undertaken several other initiatives to support women. You also spearhead Nurture and Jay, a major initiative to drive down the maternal infant mortality rate, particularly among black and brown mothers and children. Can you talk a little bit about this work? And I know there's so much more than that, but talk about the work you're doing and just the impact you're having on the Garden State. And as I said before, you are not the typical first lady. You have broken every mold and really leaned in on policy areas as well. So if you wanna talk about any of the, like the many things I just listed, that would be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ty. Um, you know, when, when I began my career um, and after many, many years, I was more often than not the only woman in the room. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that the struggles that, that I faced even back in the day when I was working full time in finance, uh, I, I, I think we're still facing the same struggles today, whether it's in finance, in government, whether it's in any uh, leadership position, because we still do not have a lot of women in leadership positions, um, no matter how hard we struggle and no matter how much we uh, pound our fists. So um, I would tell you that, you know, launching the New Jersey chapter of Golden Seeds is is really one way to address the, the uh, gender gap. Mm-hmm. That is by providing funding and mentorship opportunities, for, uh, especially for female entrepreneurs. And, you know, if we all take the time to invest in women, both financially and as mentors, then we are investing in the success of women across the board and across society in general. Um, I am incredibly proud of the success our chapter has had, despite being launched just moments before the start of the pandemic. Uh, New Jersey has contributed um, a third of the total Golden Seeds nationwide investment in entrepreneurial opportunities in the year 2020. And, you know, so even during the pandemic, our chapter grew by 18 members to a total of 27 since our launch in February of 2020. So imagine what New Jersey's women can do once we're out of this pandemic. We, we this, this just shows this is a sustainable long-term growth and, and post-pandemic, it's going to be exponential. Um, and I would just say one more thing, and that is, you know, similar, um, similar to Golden Seeds, investing in the health of women, particularly Absolutely. black women, is an investment in the health of, of all New Jerseyans. Um, earlier this year, we released the Nurture NJ Maternal and Infant Health Strategic Plan, um, which is a roadmap to achieving our singular mission of becoming the safest and most equitable place in the nation to deliver and raise a baby. 
Um, our, our high uh, maternal and infant mortality rates um, with respect to our black moms and babies is without question due to centuries of systemic institutional right. racism. So, you know, I think that, that our plan includes over 70 truly specific and actual recommendations to make transformative and sustainable changes to our existing system. And it, it, it's a plan that works to ensure that the voices of women of color are engaging in this discussion um, and making, you know, making decisions at, at, from the very beginning. So I think that I think I've, I think I've overspoken my my turn, but that's that's a, a lot about what we're up to. No, no such thing. And I just have to say, applaud your effort on all fronts. A super return on investment when you invest in women. But then also, I, I have to note, and I know Tahisha shares the same sentiments, the fact that we have a first lady that recognizes systemic racism, understands that there are health disparities, but is actually doing things to change the tide is truly remarkable. So I, I just think the work that you are doing is changing lives and saving lives. So thank you for that. Uh, Secretary Wei. You talked a little bit about it, but you oversee a massive department that touches nearly every aspect of the state, including, we talked about this, the Division of Elections and last year's monumental effort to make sure all New Jerseyans completed their U.S. Census form. But the two areas I want you to focus on today are the Business Action Center and the New Jersey Council on the Arts, both of which are led by women. We cannot stress enough how important it is that women in business and female entrepreneurs know about the resources that these entities provide. Can you flesh out some of the details and how each one of these addresses needs for women in New Jersey? Sure. First, I'd like to note that not only are these two divisions led by women, um, but the majority of portfolios within the Department of State also have female directors. And that matters on a fundamental level for the women we serve because we all know that our leadership teams need to understand what it is like to navigate these spaces as women. Now, the Business Action Center is essentially the ultimate help desk when it comes to navigating government resources for entrepreneurs and businesses. Women in business, primarily those who are starting out, may not have the same networks and relationships that often help men get a foot in the door. So the back levels the playing field because you don't need to know anyone connected to get the proper resources and support to start or maintain your business. It is a completely customized experience when you reach the back Staff determine the specific information and support one needs and provides it confidentially. Because we know that working women, especially our working moms have been hit hard by the pandemic, I want to make sure that women know whether you are looking to start something new or get back on your feet, the back is here. Business owners can contact the back via the helpline, which is 1-800-JERSEY-7, or via the live chat feature that launched last year at business.nj.gov. Notably, a 2018 study found that New Jersey is home to about 280,000 women-owned businesses. So it stands to reason that thousands of the 60,000 plus business chat conversations handled in the past year by the back were in support of female business leaders. 
Beyond the direct one-on-one assistance provided through live chat and the helpline, the BAC also administers the state's trade expansion program, also known as STEP grants. The BAC aggressively pursues this funding for New Jersey's businesses, and last year we received $1 million, the most of any state. And I just would want to highlight one of the businesses who recently received a STEP grant is Spectra Spray Global, a Morris County-based company offering easily digestible spray vitamins. Spray Spectra, Spectra Spray, excuse me, is led by Janet Ryan with the STEP grant and support from the BACS Office of Export Promotion, Janet and Spectra Spray are now reaching potential customers in Singapore, Ukraine, and South Korea, while pursuing additional business leads in places like Canada, Turkey, and Norway. The BAC also leverages its relationships with two federally designated women's business centers in New Jersey, the Women's Center for Entrepreneurship Corporation and the Latin American Economic Development Association. Connecting New Jersey women looking to start or grow a business with comprehensive training and counseling. And another example is that the BAC frequently assists women exploring simply how to obtain a women business enterprise designation, which is an important tool for businesses looking to work with federal government offices and agencies. Now, turning to the Arts Council, not only is that office led by a woman, but most of the council staff are women. The Arts Council's programs are open to all artists and arts organizations, and through this work, many female artists and women-led organizations receive council support and needed resources. All of the grant programs led by the council provide equal and blind consideration to applicants, which ensures that women are not at a disadvantage. And as a result, these grant programs generally have an equitable gender balance in terms of awardees. By way of example, of the recent grants awarded under the Individual Artist Recovery Program, 38 grantees identified as female and 36 identified as male. The Arts Council also oversees New Jersey's diversity and art leadership program. While not specifically targeted at young women, the program places undergraduate students whose backgrounds are underrepresented in arts leadership into internships that allow them to learn the business and management side of an arts organization. At least during my tenure as Secretary of State, young ladies have made up the majority of our dial interns. Again, just as with the back, the council and his team ultimately work to level the playing field so as to ensure continuous fairness and inclusion in governmental services. That's awesome. Secretary, I have to say, I was waiting for you to say the back has your back because I'm that cheesy of a person. <laughs> <laughs> but they really enjoy That's right. The, yes, <laughs> that's, they do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and Kathleen, as the sole business owner here, we're so excited to have you. 2021 marks 10 years since you first opened Jersey Girl Cafe in Hamilton. 
Since then, you've received numerous awards and accolades from everyone around the state and have, been, have even appeared on diners, drive-ins, and dives on Food Network with Guy Fieri. We love hearing stories like that. And while COVID impacted your restaurant, as it did thousands of other restaurants throughout the state, you managed to leverage state resources to weather the pandemic and even hired additional staff a few months ago. I A, want to hear all about this experience you had, um, but also just your experience as a female dominating this space over the past decade. Give us a little bit more about you and this this past year. Sure. Um, so actually, I, so I started the business about 10 years ago. And before that, I started a catering business. Um, and before that, I worked in telecommunications as a project manager for software development projects. And we would have lots of meetings, lunch meetings, breakfast meetings, and we always had catering. We always bring in breakfast or lunch. And just in some of those meetings, I thought, gee, that's a really great thing to do. So when I decided I was getting a little tired of working in, you know, regular corporate world, I decided, okay, we're going to go into corporate catering. And uh, I was able to rent a commercial kitchen uh, from a local VFW, which was really interesting. Um, and did that for about a year and a half. And I grew the catering business to a point where I decided I really need a storefront to uh, grow the catering, and, and that's how I started the cafe about 10 years ago. Um, this year has been a real roller coaster ride. Um, it's really about almost exactly a year ago when everything started to shut down, and uh, one of our, our regular customers um, does imports of China, and he, he was familiar with the virus and what had gone on over there, and he said, oh, don't worry, in six weeks we'll be all back to normal. <laughs> I thought, I don't know how I can survive for six weeks like this. Um, but we are still here, and uh, really so much of it has to do with um, the the grants and the loans we've received um, from the federal government, the SBA, the uh, NJEDA was tremendous in helping us. Um, even a local Hamilton, um, local Hamilton government um, had, a, had uh, grants for small businesses. And that's also helped us. So it's really helped us from just kind of barely treading water and, and, and surviving, um, you know, just barely, to really being able to get back on our feet and hang in there as our, our guests become more confident. And as they feel better about, you know, ordering food, coming in, eating in, taking food to go. Um, and that's, I mean, it's taken a year for people to really feel more confident. Um, our cafe is a nice place for people to get together. Moms and daughters, girlfriends, women would come in and sit and chat for hours. You see them catching up, and it's just lovely. And we haven't had that in such a long time. Yeah. And it was just last week where the two ladies came in, and they had lunch, and they sat and talked and talked and talked. And it was just beautiful um, to see that people are feeling more confident, they're feeling better, and we can be a place to be able to host them and, hopefully, you know, be able to let them be able to do that in a comfortable space. So that's kind of what keeps me going. That well, helps on my team. And uh, it's it's really good. It's it's really clear that things are getting better and the end is in sight. Well, I love that. And I love the fact that you have not only survived, but have been able to thrive during this pandemic. Thank you for sharing that. I can't wait to go to the restaurant now as soon as we open up a little bit more, but, but super excited for you and glad that you were able to thrive during this pandemic and bring on additional staff. We're gonna close it out with one last question. And this really is for everybody. 
Um, as I mentioned in my intro, COVID-19 has put an enormous strain on women in the workforce. I know, Madam Secretary, we were talking about your daughter potentially coming in during the meeting. I've had my niece and nephew who've been crazy. Um, but it's had a huge strain on women specifically in the workforce. But even before COVID, government and business have historically been male-dominated fields. Um, under Governor Murphy's leadership and the lieutenant governor, uh, we have made an intentional push to change that. What advice do you have for female small business owners, entrepreneurs, college students, women that are finding a different path in life right now as well with different careers who are interested in working in government um, as they enter their respective fields? So basically, this is one of those like, what advice would you give? And Secretary, we'll start with you yes. and then we'll go over to the First Lady. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, the advice is very simple. We see that there's more women leaders in both the public and private sectors than, of course, when I was growing up, you know. But um, I would just offer up the same advice my mother gave me as a child, and that's just to be present, mm -hmm. to show up for yourself, be informed, be informed. ready to listen, ready. and commit to giving 100% to the task at hand. And once we're established to just be genuinely present for other women, show up and invest your time and energy in making sure that they are too successful around you. I love that. I love that. First lady. Sure. Well, I would say, um, Ty, that probably one of my, um, my, my opening salvo would be you're in the right place because you're obviously turning up and listening to this podcast and here, here in New Jersey, You've got uh, the intersection of kind of business and government, and that's that's what we are presenting. That's what you, Ty, are presenting um, with your EDA hat on. You know, um, I think that um, the fact that Golden Seeds has been so successful, one element of Golden Seeds is the mentorship piece, and Tahisha just talked a little bit about that. I think it's I think it's got to be you know build your network, um, and when you uh, are able to give back, then then you definitely should. And the other piece is, is very simply, don't ever be scared to ask a question. People say all the time, there are no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions. And we all have to start with the basic knowledge and we all bring so much to the table that you know I think that, that it, it's really important to, to lean in, to come prepared as Tahisha said, and to be confident about yourself and what you bring to the table because we all are truly unique. Um, you know, my, my mom, um, going back to what Tahisha said, my mom used to always say, um, don't ever, don't ever take no, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something and view every single thing you do in your life as an adventure. So as long as you look at it as an adventure, you go into that with a positive attitude and you are just going to, you know, race to the next, uh, the next goal line. So we are all here for you. We've got great resources. Reach out to any of us. We all want to help. And, uh, you know, it's our, it's our, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that the next generation is successful falls behind us and that's kind of where we started today it's women's history month we are all falling on the shoulders of others building ourselves on the shoulders of others who've come before us and likewise we who are on this podcast are here to help and, and be uh, serve as a a base in the shoulders for those who come after us thanks for having that's me the, 
best closing ever. I can't top that. Um, <laughs> so I will just say the thing my mom said is keep your heels and your standards high. And I've abided by that rule ever since. But to everyone, thank you so very much. I appreciate the time that everyone took today to participate in the Women's History Month e-conversations. First Lady, we're just so glad to have you here. Thank you, um, Madam Secretary Way, And to Kathleen, the small business owner with the mostest, we just appreciate you all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great day with NJEDA's e-conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Yay, thank you.